Hey Toothies, it's Wes. If you love Tooth and Claw and our main feed episodes aren't quite enough for you to get your fix, then boy do I have some good news for you. Right now you can immediately get access to over 70 episodes on our subscription channels and you'll get brand new subscription episodes every other week. Plus, a Tooth and Claw subscription makes a great holiday gift and we promise it really will be the gift that keeps on giving. Right now, you'll be able to listen to episodes like a recent one Jeff did, where he talks about a man that was attacked by a jaguar in the middle of a hurricane, or a classic subscription episode from Mike, where he goes over some frankly astounding wiener dog attack stories and some crazy facts, or an upcoming episode from me, where I'm going to go over people that were attacked by animals while trying to take selfies. Our subscription episodes really are where we feel like we're speaking right to our community and we have a ton of fun with them. So sign up today by going to patreon.com backslash tooth and claw podcast or just Google tooth and claw podcast and Patreon. Our Patreon subscribers get the added benefit of being able to send us direct messages. Plus they have a platform for commenting on episodes. So it's really turned into a fun community on there. Or if you're an Apple podcast listener and you prefer to have your subscriber episodes right in your Apple feed, if you're into that extra convenience, subscribe to our Apple Grizz Club and you'll get access to all those subscription episodes plus our upcoming ones. Both of those subscription services are priced at $10 a month, which is kind of like the cost of just an extra sandwich every month. You can hardly even get a sandwich for $10 anymore. So if you're into saving money, you can also get an annual subscription for $100. You'll save $20 on 12 months of subscription episodes. Plus an annual membership makes a great gift for the fellow toothy in your life. So sign up today. Everyone and welcome to a Tooth and Claw news episode. Hoorah! Hoorah! We allowed to do that? <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Wes told it. me to bring up the energy today, so we're yeah. doing it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Let's go. We got our wildlife biologist with us, as always, Jeff Larson. Not Jeff Larson, Wes Larson. And his little brother That's Wes. Not true. <laughs> oh. This is like a Freaky Friday situation. Yeah. Yeah, we switched bots. That's fine. Now we got our wildlife expert, Wes Larson. And, Hoorah. Uh, Wes, he, he likes to party. And then we got me, Jeff Larson, and I like to party. And yeah. we got Mike. And Mike? I like to party. <laughs> Speaking of party, I logged on early today, and I was feeling a little tired today. So I was trying to get pumped up, and I just listened to the Mortal Kombat theme from the 1995 music or movie musical. They need a Mortal Kombat musical would be great. You just stumbled into something special. Yeah, someone needs to do that. But I listened to it like three times in a row, and it did pump me up so much and so that I put it Mm, on my gym. It's a good song workout playlist. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's a great song. Great movie too. When that when that movie came out, I was a huge um, fan of the character Scorpion. Yep. Yeah. Did he you is my did favorite. you guys get into any like comic book characters to where like, now the Ice Guy is my favorite. Sub Zero is cool <laughs> the too. Ice Guy. Yeah. <laughs> For me, like Wolverine and Scorpion were my two big obsessions growing up when it came to like cartoons and video games and stuff. And right. I still I like Scorpion more than Sub Zero, Jeff. Just so you know. Same. Yeah, I like Sub Zero. All right. What's your reason? Oh, because of Ice Powers. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> right. Okay. 
Yeah. This is all interesting, but don't you think people would rather hear about how your sex life with your girlfriend Jesse's been, Wes? Uh, probably, but I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, okay. uh, that she- does remind me of something, though. Jesse was upset because uh, she would be upset if I talked about that, even though it's just fine. It's more than just no fine. No sex dungeon or anything? No, we're great. But I will say... You haven't been getting bored with like the same old... We're not going to talk about this, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> but something we do need to talk about is on our one of our Halloween episodes, I think it was the one with Sammy, the leeches episode, I said that Jesse liked the movie Totally Killer, and she listened to the episode and she got really mad at me because she didn't like that movie. And she demanded that I issue a correction corner for that. So... Here so you're it saying is. You, you haven't had sex for a while. You're that's saying. the best. We're not yeah. talking about that, but that's yeah. I'm finally out of the doghouse. So sorry if we put you back in it. With, yeah, I think you handled us pretty well. I, yeah, you know, I don't think either of us have any complaints. Yeah, Jesse. I just saw Jesse in Montana. She's. I mean, we gotta have her back on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it once do we talk about horse some horses or something. Or, I got a horse story. Or maybe dogs. If we do dogs. You got a horse story? Yeah. Okay. What's up? Oh, you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. So a plane on November 14th leaving the JFK airport, 30 minutes after takeoff, had to go back because mm-hmm. a horse on board got loose. Wait, what? Oh, that <laughs> happens. Yeah. Oh, this is like a story for the episode? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> Let's hear the details. Oh, no, I mean, the details on this one were pretty boring, so I have a few that are just headlines more. Okay, so we're just going to leave that one vague. People can just put together the... It was, yeah, the headline's a lot more interesting than the story. It was like, once you get in this story, is like a cargo plane, so it didn't really matter. Oh, Uh, yeah. Well, apparently it did if they had to turn it around. You're just kind (laughs) of doing the opposite of what our podcast is about, then. (laughs) Sensationalizing things. Okay. Well, and like Mike's been a little more nervous about planes ever since one scared him a little. Yeah, Mm. true. So, like, I feel like for Mike, like, you got this is really probably freaking you out. A horse on a plane. This will keep me up tonight. Yeah. You're like, I can't even escape them thousands of feet in the air. That was the plot of that movie. Yeah. Horses on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sick of these motherfucking horses. Uh, I'd rather snakes than horses, if I personally. Yeah, I w- well, it, yeah, it depends. I would too. I would too. <laughs> I, I agree with right. you on that. If the numbers were equal, I'd like. I'd rather one snake than one horse, kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's a great headline, Jeff. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we just really jump into the rest of our stories? Uh, hmm. we had Thanksgiving. Is nice. Yeah. Um. I went home, saw Wes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wrestled a little. We wrestled, shirts off wrestling. Bold. Yeah, we bold. Jeff. I, I, Wes was winning, and we were, like, betting, and I got my first ever turkey in the last frame to beat him. Yeah, I was counting my money already, and then Jeff wow. gets three strikes in a row in the last frame to beat me by, like, four pins. So, Clutch. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. What did you fun. yell? Did you yell something like, who do you think you are? I am. I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually <laughs> did. Yell yeah. It. I'm so glad you <laughs> did that. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Dickie Weber or Pete Weber? Something like that. I'm playing that audio. Though. That is why I did it. 
on one of the podcasts I like, he was a guest, and he admitted that that was directed towards an eleven-year-old in the <laughs> audience. <laughs> Makes uh, it so much. That's better. awesome. All right, well, let's do our stories. You know, we get a lot of submissions from listeners. We hear from a lot of people about things that have happened in the wildlife world. Uh, sometimes they're attacks. Sometimes they're just crazy stories. And often those articles or those headlines aren't enough to fill a total episode. And so we do this news episode about every six weeks, and it's just a way for us to talk about current events and kind of have a more freeform, fun show. So that's what we're going to do today. And I'm going to go first. Yeah, I like it. Uh, well, I kind of went first, but sure. Well, that's true. I, you're right. <laughs> so mine is one that just happened on Monday. We're recording this on Tuesday. So this happened yesterday. And this happened in India on Monday, November 27th, 2023. B. Nagash Babu, a 23-year-old contract worker at the Indira Gandhi Zoological Park in Vizag, India. He was quietly doing his job. He's cleaning the Asiatic black bear enclosure at the zoo. But he had forgotten to do something very important. How quietly was he doing his job? Because if uh, you're too quiet, that's a little suspicious. I think pretty... Like he's sneaking around? Around bears you don't want to sneak up on. That's true. Yeah. He was doing it on his own, though, so I imagine it was quiet. Like, if I'm cleaning enclosures on my own, I'm probably not making much noise. You're not, like, whistling to yourself or something? No, nah, I don't like whistling, so... Wow, hard stance against whistling. I don't like it when people whistle around me, either. Whistling is a uniquely annoying thing, I think, when people do it a lot. All right. right. He had forgotten to do something you important. You wouldn't like Tom Bombadil. Uh, no, I, dude, I dude. would like Tom Bombadil, <laughs> but not. I wouldn't like his whistling. You would never. Like, what if Shadow Facts was at your call, but you had to whistle to get Shadow Facts? You That's wouldn't fine. do it? A whistle doesn't bother me. Whistling bothers me. Like when people are constantly like whistling tunes. Like the mm-hmm. Vanderbilt whistler. Sure. I can can't I, stand Can I get guy. back to my story? <laughs> okay. So he's cleaning. He had forgotten to do something important. He had left the doors between this night house where the animals would sleep, some of the animals, and the enclosure open. So the zoo was actually normally closed on Mondays, but there's a local holiday going on in this region of India, and the zoo was open. And as he cleaned this enclosure, a few visitors ambled by and you know saw him cleaning. Unknown to him, the Asiatic black bear had woken up It had quietly walked into the enclosure with Nagesh. And for a bear that was used to the same routine day by day, day after day, it was going to be a very novel experience for this bear, seeing that there was someone in its enclosure. So he noticed the bear, and he quickly realized his mistake. He tried to coerce the bear back into a safe location, but the bear jumped on him and immediately began tearing at his head and his chest. One of the articles I read said that there was onlookers that witnessed this and saw the whole attack. Uh, But that was only one that said that, and it was kind of the one that felt the least reputable. So I'm not sure if that actually happened or not. But his mauled body was discovered not long after by zoo personnel. They managed to lure the bear back into the enclosure with some honey, and then they rushed Nagesh. Yeah, it's a good move. They rushed Nagesh to the hospital, but he did die on the way. Oh, man. Yeah, this just happened yesterday, which is crazy to think about. What kind of black bear was it? An Asiatic black bear, which we haven't done a full episode devoted to them yet. They're often called moon bears. This one was technically a Himalayan black bear, but it's still an Asiatic black bear. And they are much more aggressive than our black bears. So do you remember that story we did a while ago of the guy climbing on like the cliff and the bear came at him and attacked him? 
And then he was like, Japan. yeah, it was below him. That right. was an Asiatic black bear. And there was actually a video circulating recently, too, of a guy in the forest with, like, some bamboo. And a bear kept charging in at him, and he was hitting it and yelling at it. That was also an Asiatic black bear. We'll get to them. They're pretty aggressive. What's the one that looks like a guy in a bear suit? A sun bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different bear. Moon bear, sun bear. Yeah, this is a moon bear. Unfortunately, this one does seem like a pretty clear case of just complacency, maybe some negligence on his part. Obviously, we're not going to like point fingers at him since he was the only real victim in this whole thing. I doubt they'll do anything to the bear. I doubt the zoo will really face any repercussions either because this is just a keeper that forgot to do the most important thing, which is always make sure there's a barrier between you and the animals. I do really quickly want to talk about zoo animals. And, you know, we've we've done a number of stories about the zoo. We've done Tatiana, the tiger. That was like one of our first episodes. I think currently it is maybe our first episode. We did Harambe. Like we've done some other zoo episodes. And R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. But the thing that's really important to think about when you're talking about animals in a zoo is that they're not necessarily more dangerous, but what they are is really accustomed to a certain routine. And when there's any kind of break in that routine, it's very enticing to them because it's something new. So if you're a, like if you're an Asiatic black bear and you're in this zoo in India, you probably are doing the exact same thing every single day. You're in the exact same area that you have the exact same kind of like enrichment and food and everything. And when suddenly there's this like new thing in your enclosure, a new attractant, a new thing to, you know, interact with, it can just trigger something in them. And that's why there are actually like quite a few zoo incidents, especially with bears, because bears are inherently curious. So since 1990 in just the U.S., and I think there's much like many more of these things that happen outside of the U.S. because often zoo standards aren't quite as stringent. Six people have died, 65 people have been injured, and 29 bears have been killed due to incidents that happened in captivity. That's just the U.S., and that's just since 1990. So this does happen, and it's really important to remember, if you do work in a zoo, don't ever get complacent because these animals will take advantage of that as quickly as possible. Well, another thing with bears, too, is like one of their main options is always run away. And in the zoo, they don't really have that option. And, you know, these two like had a a relationship like he had worked with this bear for three years. So I don't think it ever saw him as a threat. But I think it just finally was like, there's nothing between us. I can get him, you know, and I don't I don't think it had any animosity toward him. Like there's no evidence that he mistreated the bear. I think it was just that it had this novel experience that it got to have. And so it took advantage of it. Yeah. Anyway, you know, our hearts go out to his family, to anyone else that maybe have just like saw this. But again, if you work in a zoo or if you're ever at a zoo where something happens, just make sure that, you know, you aren't complacent. Tooth and Claw is brought to you by Babbel. No problemo. Over 60% of Americans believe that the most useful second language in the U.S. is Spanish. Want to take time this fall to brush up on what you didn't learn in high school? No problemo, because with Babbel, you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. 
Um, yeah. So Babbel, it's really cool. If you want a live classroom experience from the comfort of your home, Babbel is live for you. Babbel live classes are available seven days a week at all times of the day and taught by certified teachers so you can learn on your schedule. I need stuff like that personally to learn something as difficult as like a new language. I need to have a teacher, have like a way to hear it. And Babbel is just such a great resource for that. So here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but that's only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tooth. Tooth is all caps. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash tooth, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tooth. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'll go next. I mean, our subscribers will know this for sure, but I have a trend going right now that I didn't really want to give up. So I'm going to steal another story from Mike. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This time I at least stole it before he even told it, though. Yeah, it's fair. I was just like, hey, Mike, I'm going to do that. I've done that to him before, too. Yeah. All right, let's hear Uh it. Yeah, so this takes place in the Northern Territory of Australia, and it's a cattle producer named Colin Deverox. Devereaux. And, oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Devereaux. <laughs> a lot Wigs. of people want Devereaux that Wigs, yeah. Um, Detroiters. Yeah. Okay, so this is from ABC News. So Colin's in his mid-60s. I mean, I think he works quite a bit of land in this area where he's working, and he mainly just has to do with fixing fencing. Mm-hmm. So I'm picturing Hugh Jackman in the movie Australia. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's perfect. Okay, he's a. I mean, picture Hugh Jackman in like ten years from now. Okay, easy because he's six mid sixties. So this happened in October last month, and he he's just walking along the fence um, near the Finis River. And he stops along something, I guess this is an Australian word, I think, called a billabong. Do you, have you guys heard of that? Yes. I've heard of the company. I didn't know. Is a like, billabong's like... Do you want to describe what it is? It's somewhere in between like a, a pond and a lake. It's like a, sm- it's like a body of water that's small and calm and often home to crocodiles in, the, in part of the country. Hmm, interesting you would say that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Colin notices some fish swimming in the middle middle of this billabong. Uh-huh. And I think he's got he's more cat than dog, right? So he sees these fish and he just is like a magnet, like a bug to a light. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna just walk in there and look at these fish closer. All right. So he takes a few steps in and then Wes, what animal do you think's waiting in there a for? A croc. A saltwater croc. Um, and if you're an Australian, uh, what would you say that like lives out on the land? What would you say if a croc bit you on the leg? Crikey. He said, it took a big grab and he shook me like a rag doll and took off back into the water, pulling me in. Yeah. So this croc's got like a lot of his leg. He's yelling crikey, but that doesn't help at all. And it's pulling him into the water. So what do you do? Uh, you got to start just like, Probably kicking the croc, doing whatever you can to get away. 
Um, so he kicks it in the ribs. Nothing happens. Yeah. But he's in an awkward position. Mike, you've read this. What would you do? <laughs> I'd, I'd find a really sensitive part of his body and bite him back. What part, Wes? What part would you bite? Do you, you think bite? crocodiles really have sensitive areas, if Wes? If I tried to bite him, if I was going to bite him, I'd bite him on his eye. I'd try and bite his eye out. So that's your advice if you got your leg in a croc's mouth. My, my, yeah. It's eye. My advi- advice is not to get your leg in a croc's mouth ever because this is one of those, like, you don't have any good option scenarios. But, yeah, yeah if, there, if you got nothing left, you might as well just go full feral and bite its eye. Well, as Wes, our wildlife biologist, says, if you got your leg in a croc's mouth, you should bite its eyelid, which is exactly what Colin did. <laughs> he did? <laughs> yeah. Wow. He said, I'm a I was in such an awkward position, but by accident, my teeth caught his eyelid. I think he was just going crazy. He was like <laughs> kicking and punching and just trying to bite because he said it was by accident. Yeah. It's a crazy accidental bite. Yeah, it's so lucky. <laughs> like, where were you trying to bite him? Yeah, that's uh, interesting. It was pretty thick, like holding on to leather, but I jerked back on the eyelid and he let go. Oh, huh. man. It's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And this, this croc was... 3.2 meters, so that's like around 10 feet. Pretty yeah. big, not giant, you know. That's big, though. Um, it's big enough. Yeah, so he bites its eyelid, pulls back like it's like a piece of meat, yeah. and then the croc lets go. And He says that he leapt away with great steps to where his car was, <laughs> and the croc chased him for about four meters, but then stopped. Hmm. Great steps, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, great steps for mankind. Yeah. He got a towel, some rope to strap up his leg and stop the bleeding. And then his brother drove him to the hospital. So his brother the, was there. Did I? I never. No, I just thought yeah. he was alone. Like, what was his brother doing? This he was time? alone, but I think they're like both out in the same area. Because okay. his brother doesn't come up in the story until he gets back to the car. Got it. Yeah, maybe his brother is just like the happened to be the Uber driver. I don't know. Okay. Didn't say. All right. Um, The biggest problem with the whole attack, he says, was how bad the bacteria from the wound was because this water, like you were saying, Wes, is kind of like a pond. Mm -hmm. And he said it's full of goose shit, duck shit, and these all got into the crocodile teeth marks. Yeah, that's not a good combo, Mm -hmm. is it? You Gross. don't want shit in your wounds. No. No. Unless it's your own. Then, not even that, Jeff. <laughs> I've tried to tell you this. You shouldn't even put that. Not even two molecules. Oh, and you're t- I'm thinking pee. Yeah, you don't want you don't want pee in there either, pal. But that's better for sure. So he went to the hospital. It took him like a month to recover. And he said that they had to flush out the wounds for ten straight days. When the article came out. They were hopeful that he'd be able to walk out of the hospital. So, like, there was no update on that, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, It came out November 7th. But he says that he's going to maybe look into getting a new type of job now because it Mm. made him really reflect on his life. Yeah. He Mm. said, I've been walking around that swamp country for too long fixing fences and living life. But it's opened my eyes. Yeah, he opened that. Opened the alligator's eyes. eyes. Yeah. Hey yo, good job, Croc- Wes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of wonder. Like, we've talked about this a little bit already, but we got to be on the cusp of where 
like shaken like a rag doll doesn't make sense to anyone anymore, right? Like we have to be close to that, to where there's like going to be a generation that's just like, what the hell does that even mean? What is a rag doll? I yeah. think I know what it is, but I'm not even 100% sure. Yeah. Like it's just a doll kind of made out of rag. Yeah, right? so it just seems like floppy and you could shake it really, really easy. Doll. But like, mm. you know what I mean? I, think I just that one might stand out. All right. Here's a question for you guys on the on the same line of thinking. Does the phrase as the crow flies make any sense to you? Yeah. Because me and my friends got in a big argument about whether that was like an old timey thing that is like completely out of use or whether that's like a useful phrase. And I use it a lot, but apparently a lot of people think that's like an old prospectory thing to say as the crow flies. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I think that's a good one. What like do you it think, Mike? Just means it's like a straight line to the destination. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but can you infer that from that saying alone or is that just because you know already? The, well, that was the fight. Yeah. Like, I it's, think I figured that one out on my own. The one I'm still working through is I screwed the pooch Yeah, because it's kind of like <laughs> an so accidental thing. Yeah, it's like it's like how who accidentally screws their dog, you know? Yeah, it's like oh, I messed up. Yeah, it's like what? How did that phrase start? Sure. Well, Mike, speaking of screwing, uh, oh, do you want to go, go on to my next story? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get off the crow thing. Okay, I'm gonna play Switzerland on that one, Wes. I, right. It's up for. Well, let me just ask you this really quick. If I were to say that, would you think that it sounds old timey? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So my story. You ready? Yes. This one's called The Twin Snakes. I just did that because it was a Metal Gear Solid reference. I don't get to make those too often. Doesn't really have much bearing on the story, but you'll see. Yeah, that is funny. Australian. We're back in Australia. Australian adult film star. Danny DeBello, so she's a porn Ooh. actress. I was going to talk about this one, too. You stole one from me, even though I didn't tell you about it. Oh, what yeah. the heck? Do you want to take it? No, no, you okay. do it. But I got stuff to talk about once you're done. Okay. I'm going to look her up real quick. I was going to share my screen, the little, <laughs> little <laughs> bit of their content. Okay, so Australian adult film star Danny DeBello and her friend had just finished filming some steamy content together when things reportedly... Went from like sexy. Wes wouldn't shut up about at the start of the episode kind <laughs> exactly, of Exactly. That kind of sexy stuff. Well, maybe it's still, so it turned from sexy to scary. Or maybe still sexy, depending on who you ask. But on an Instagram video she posted later, she outlined the day's events as follows. When the two of them finished shooting their scene together, the guy hopped in the shower. But not before mentioning to Danny that he'd love to hold Betty, Danny's eight-foot-long Centralian carpet python. So he finished washing up, and as he was getting out of the shower, Danny placed the snake around his neck. And as she turned around to go get washed up herself, she was stopped dead in her tracks by a horrified scream. Yeah. Uh, there's some more biting going on in this one, Jeff. Where do you think this snake bit this guy? <laughs> You'll this is where the title, of the, the title of this segment comes into play a little. He's naked in the shower? Yeah, he just got out of the shower, naked and clean. Well, I mean... I don't know. He, I'll solve it for you, Jeff. His wiener. He got bit on his wiener. I was trying to say, though, like, he he gave Danny his python, so then okay. her python. 
Nice. Jeff's just picture that meme of all the like <laughs> mathematical equations running by I Jeff's head. I almost pulled it off. I was getting close. Yeah. No, I was just going to say the snake was probably just like, what well, I saw her doing it to you like 10 minutes ago. But um, <laughs> a little Python on Python action. Exactly. Uh, what was your title for this segment? Uh, the Twin Snakes. Mine was <laughs> Python Pex Porn Partners Penis. Mm, alliteration. Yeah, no, that's good too. Yeah. Uh, we might use that one when we're titling the episode. All right. So the snake who Danny, she was saying that she had never had an issue with the snake biting or anything dangerous like this until this day, only let go of this dude's junk after several minutes of struggling. So as soon as they got Betty off, Danny rushed to put her back into her enclosure and then they got to work. At least she did. I don't know if the dude like stuck around and helped her clean up the scene, but there was just blood everywhere. Oh, damn. I guess like if you're naked, your penis probably looks the most like a meal to a snake, like a well, mouse or something. What I, what I was going like to say. Those little pink mice they feed them. Yeah. What like I was going to say is like I have a python, a ball python, and I feed it frozen mice. And to get him enticed by these mice, I like heat them up with the blow dryer so they're nice and warm because it has to mm. be warmer than room temperature for him to like really notice it. So if there's like something that's like especially warm on your body that maybe has like a lot of blood pulsing to it and is like very warm, that would be something the snake would naturally be attracted to and maybe think is prey. So if he was still, you know, fully torqued or something at this point and like there's that did it say mike it it didn't but like i would do wonder if it just thought it was like a warm mouse and it went for it you know yeah can i so can i oh sorry once you're done i want to no no no, no. you go first so i'm gonna i'm gonna finish this up and then you can talk forever i'll never stop you ever again so Danny also knew to check the dude's dick for teeth, python teeth because apparently like their teeth can break off and stay wherever they were bitten so, like, huh. she was inspecting the, the ween, and then they put, like, some antibacterial cream on it, like this, probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I, I did messed a myself jerking off <laughs> motion as he said that. <laughs> and, quote, made it all nice again, is what they said. And then she told him she, that he should probably go to the hospital for a tetanus shot. So, um, you would think that the guy after that would probably not be super keen on coming back over to her place, right? Well... Wrong. He texted her afterwards and was like, hey, I got my tetanus shop. I can't wait to come back for round two. And what round two is referring to, I'm not sure. They didn't yeah. make it clear. <laughs> like, but She's like, uh, you want my python to bite your dick again? <laughs> um, now he's got a three-headed monster. <laughs> All right, really quick. I just yeah. I need to interject something here. And like this is just me putting on my Sherlock Holmes cap for a second. I'm going to like be a little dubious about this story because I did, I have found this one too. And I saw like every single article was just based off of like a TikTok or an Instagram post that she did about this, this event. And like, I'm not pointing any fingers here and I'm not, I, this has nothing to do with the fact that she's a sex worker or anything. I, you know, whatever, I don't care that that's her profession, but I do, I did notice that like her main thing I think is only fans. And this would seem like a really good way to get attention on yourself if you're trying to promote your OnlyFans, like coming up with a story like this. And sure. the reason that I think it might be fabricated is there's like no aftermath pictures. There's no pictures of blood. He's not telling you know his story anywhere. Yeah. Like 
if if I had someone over that got bit by my python and I said there was blood everywhere, I would at the very least take a photo of the blood on the ground or something. And I just couldn't find any evidence anywhere that this actually happened. And this mm-hmm. is one of those few ones where it's like the amount of attention she got from this story directly benefits her business. So sure. I kind of struggle with this one. I'm not sure if this is true. I'm just going to put my seeds of doubt into this story. Ew, come on. You dude. don't need to say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big python, too. I watched the video. Like, it's a big carpet python. If it really bit his dick, like, he would be in a lot of trouble. Like, they have those those backwards needle-shaped teeth that if it latched on, it would do a lot of damage. It wouldn't be like a, ha cheeky, you should get a tetanus shot, I'll be back in a week kind of thing. It would be, like, massive damage. So I, I don't know. I have a hard time with this one. I do. Sure. It is suspicious that, I mean, the dude may have just wanted to protect his identity, but there's no information about him at all. Yeah. And plus, someone who is on their phone making content probably would have more photographic evidence. But we'll see. We'll see as the story develops. Okay. Tooth and Claws brought to you by ShipStation. So I know like a lot of you guys, I get really busy during the holiday weekend. There's lots of things that I would just rather not do that I wish were automated. It's really cold in Montana. One thing that me and Jesse have a much harder time doing this time of year is like going out and feeding our chickens. And it would be great if you could just have those kind of tasks automated for you. One thing that can be automated for you is shipping. Don't get stuck worrying about shipping orders. Let ShipStation do the heavy lifting so you and your team and your business can put your time, money, and energy into more important things. I had a business where I sold socks. The business failed, but we did use ShipStation, and that wasn't the reason that it failed. It was probably one of the few things about that business that worked really well with ShipStation. Maybe the easiest thing about it, actually. It's incredibly easy to use. Their dashboard is super simple. It's really easy to automate everything about your shipping process. You can also automate things like customer service. So you can have automated notifications for your customers. You can have your returns automated. It just makes everything so much easier for you. And then it also makes things a lot cheaper. You get discounts up to 84% off of USPS and UPS rates when you use ShipStation. So much so that when I had my company, I would use my ship station just to ship everything else too, like personal packages, because the shipping was so much cheaper when I was using my ship station. So it really works great. It's something that you can just put on your computer and use for your company. Over 130,000 companies have scaled their e-commerce with ShipStation. You can use it with Amazon. You can use it with eBay, with all sorts of different companies. So... Let your customers shop risk-free this holiday with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use code TOOTH today to sign up for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code TOOTH. All right, let's do another story. Is it my turn? It's my turn. Yeah. Okay. King. Okay, well, we're going to do Orcas Be Revolting because those orcas are back at it again. They've sunk another boat in the Strait of Gibraltar. So we've talked about this in the past, but essentially for a couple years now, orcas have been ramming boats in kind of the Iberian coast near Portugal, Morocco. They've been attacking boats, and what they usually do is break the rudder off of those boats. Often boats manage to escape these orca incidents, but every once in a while they manage to sink a boat. And they just sunk their fourth boat, so they had a turkey, 
Now they have four in a row, and they well, did it on how. Hall- yeah, they did it on Halloween Day, no less. So, uh, good oh, for them. Man. The Grazi Mama was a small yacht owned by a Polish cruise company. In the afternoon of October 31st, the crew and passengers were enjoying a beautiful day off the coast of Morocco when suddenly a pod of orcas appeared and started ramming the rudder of the boat. They continued to hit the rudder for about 45 minutes until it broke off. That allowed water to enter the hull of the yacht, and the panic crew radioed for help. Port tugboats and the Moroccan Navy worked together to try and bring this damaged boat back into port at Tangier Med but the ship ultimately sank near the entrance of the port. All of the crew and passengers were safely rescued, but the ocean claimed the Grazi Mama, and the orcas had another rudder to add to their growing collection. And Poland can't catch a break. I was picturing, um, like, you know in Little Mermaid when they she has, like, that cave with all her collections? I was picturing just, like, an orca with a cave just full of yacht rudders, <laughs> and it's just, like... Look at this. Isn't it neat? Or a, a necklace with a propeller on it, like we do with shark teeth. That'd <laughs> yeah, be cool exactly. for orcas. <laughs> All right. Well, we've talked about these incidents quite a bit, but I think there still are a lot of questions. We still get questions from listeners about this, about why this is happening. The most common theory that was put out there at the beginning was that there's this one orca who was traumatized. Her name was White Gladys, and that she was leading this like revolution against boats. That's pretty much been debunked. Not that many people believe this anymore. But to be honest, no one totally knows what's going on. I really liked one of the articles I read today was from Smithsonian Magazine, and they quoted this guy, Andrew W. Trites. He's the director of marine mammal mammal research at the University of British Columbia. And what he said was, My idea, or what anyone would give, is informed speculation. It is total mystery and unprecedented which I think is great. If you're talking about animal behavior, you always should say, even if you've tested something, it's still speculation. Like it's still a hypothesis because we can't talk to animals. Like we can't ask an animal, like, why did you do that? That's impossible for us to know. So like when we tell a story of a grizzly bear mom with cubs that attacks someone and then runs away immediately, for me as a bear scientist, a bear biologist, I can say, okay, that bear was trying to neutralize a threat and then get away with her cubs. But can I say that 100% is what happened? No, because I can't say, hey, why did you do that to that bear? You know, like it could be something else. It just could be. And we have to accept that we never exactly know. Um, well, with humans too. Yeah, but with humans, you can they ask could them. could be lying. They could be lying. Like lying. Lie. Yeah. yeah, but it's Have different. you ever tried asking a bear? You watch Survivor? Uh, no, I haven't. I do watch Survivor. Well, yes. They lie every episode okay. to each other. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but there have been a lot of guesses. I'd trust an orca before someone on Survivor. You would trust their answer? Mm-hmm. So if you asked an orca something and it just went to you, you would trust that more than what someone on Survivor says to you in like English? That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> so we have talked a little bit about the guesses behind this behavior on the show already. And these guesses rely on data from the incidents, existing knowledge about orca behavior. And I think for most mammal, like marine mammal scientists or cetacean researchers, the general consensus is that these orcas are playing with the rudders of the boat. Like that's what most people are saying now. And when you think about it, it would be kind of fun to like, if there's something on a boat that you just repeatedly ram and ram and ram, and then finally it like snaps off, that would be a kind of, fun game 
if you learn that like you can break the specific part of the boat off if you just keep hitting it and it's like a part that kind of sticks out from the rest of the boat and so a lot of scientists just think this is a trend and that one day it might just stop but for now it's ongoing and it's kind of interesting you know yeah it's fun there's one other quote i read from a different researcher who said you know they are not necessarily trying to destroy these boats they're trying to pop the rudder off yes but if a seven thousand pound animal wanted to destroy a boat it could do it much quicker than the way that Mm. they're doing it they could literally just ram their head through the hole or they could jump up in the air and land on the boat and smash it they could do it they could like get a hundred orcas to all swim in a big circle make a whirlpool suck the boat down yeah i mean you might be joking about that jeff but they do that kind of shit with seals orcas coordinate attacks on seals like they make a wave that washes a seal off of an iceberg so that they can eat it these are smart animals so i they could do that not the whirlpool maybe but they could make a wave to like knock the boat over i'm not yeah yeah they could do the whirlpool for sure Anyway, I just think they're tired of capitalism and they just want to sink yachts. That's what I think is going on. Anyways. <laughs> sure. All right. Yeah. That's my story. All right. Well, I mean, are you guys willing to just let me off the leash for a bit? Yeah, dude, get off the leash. <laughs> All right. Well, means. I got a bunch of stuff then. Okay. Freak off a leash. <laughs> so October 22nd. This time, like, I feel like these stories, we get real sad ones because it's just people that just recently died a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So I tried to go funnier, happier this time, or just kind of, like, weird. Um, October 22nd, a runaway tortoise that went missing for more than three years was found crossing a busy road five miles away from its original home in in Florida. Skolkata is the type of tortoise. Yeah, it's an African skulkata tortoise. You saw that one? No, but I just saw you trying to sound that word out, and I know what you were doing. Well, I was thinking it's the place in Florida, so that's why I stopped myself. Mm. Five miles in three years, huh? Cruising. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's in in kind of bad shape, but, I mean, it's kind of crazy that a tortoise can just survive that long after being domestic. Um, Did it assume a new identity? Have, like, Groucho Marks glasses and a mustache and, like, work in the (laughs) the register or something (laughs) no that's not okay it wasn't living Uh, a new life (laughs) it just had a new family and it's like like, no i don't know what you're talking about i'm not the guy um i guess those tortoises are pretty good at at escaping like digging holes and oh yeah fences and stuff Uh, like a quick a quick warning to people out there that are thinking about getting a tortoise that grows into one of these really big species because skulkata tortoises and i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that right They grow, they grow massive and they can actually break through concrete walls. They can do like tons of damage to your yard. They are that X man. Yeah. They're actually, they can be extremely destructive. Juggernaut. So this isn't an animal you want to get if you're not ready for it. Yeah. It is kind of like juggernaut. Um, Two dogs destroy cars at a Texas dealership and caused up to $350,000 in damage on November 25th. They're just tearing off the bumpers. This dog's just <laughs> okay. having a, a bender. Yeah, vandalism. Um, in Australia, uh, this guy had magpies that were stealing his cat food. And, like, you know, don't have outdoor cats, but whatever. He had one. Yeah. And these magpies were stealing the cat food. 
So he made a paper mache owl to try to scare the magpies away. Mm-hmm. And they ended up like coming up and like worshiping the owl. The magpies did. Worshiping it? <laughs> what? Yeah. So I'm going to send you guys a picture of what was going on. So yeah, it basically became these magpies' god. I don't this think that's paper true. Mache sculpture. But, um... I'll look at well, it. Well, that was the joke on TikTok. Oh, they were just like staring at it. They all grouped up. They someone said it's probably <laughs> just them like checking it out and seeing yeah. if it was like a threat or not. But he just got like way more magpies gathering up by this like stupid looking oh, owl that's sculpture. Great. Very made, interesting really funny. owl sculpture. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's kind of funny. He decided to just make one instead of buying a $10 plushie on Amazon or something. Or like the little. I, like who has paper ones? mache just right <laughs> <Yeah. here? laughs> He had like a fifth grader who was in arts and crafts, I guess. A uh, Tasmanian woman had to call into her office and let him know that she couldn't come into work because a 600 kilogram elephant seal named neil the seal was blocking her car on november 14th wow yes so it's a good reason it's just kind of funny and like wes you worked with elephant seals a yeah, little right with northern elephants where seals. do you if you're if you're going to track them where do you put the antenna uh right on the top of their head like so you. this one had one, and it was really funny. Looking. Really, was it right on <laughs> yeah. its head? Yeah, yeah. You so literally we'll share a picture on the Instagram for that. Like the elephant seal researchers I worked with, they literally glue it to the top of their heads, and then the yeah. glue over time just breaks down. And when it does, like they can, they'll recapture the seal and pull off the thing. But it's huh. it's kind of crazy. It was one of the weirder like tagging. How tall is the tag antenna thing? Not that tall. Like it's just got an antenna that's probably I don't know six inches tall that that goes up. But we were actually we were putting oceanographic measuring equipment on them so that they could like take salinity levels and stuff when they dove. Oh, uh, that's cool. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah. This one looked like the aliens in Toy Story. Okay. <laughs> just had like an antenna straight on his head. But so she, Amber, like sent pictures into the office and they all had a laugh about it. And then she called a wildlife expert and the wildlife expert told her there's little hope of tempting Neil away with her from her car with food. He probably, this is a direct quote, he probably won't eat anything because when he comes onto land, he'll be up here for about three to four weeks. Yeah. And he usually uses that for hibernation. So Mm. if I heard that, I'd be like, wait (laughs) so i'm just stuck with the seal now but i guess like a few hours later neil went back towards the beach good for him all right there's a coyotes be wiling this one's not super interesting but i want to do a coyotes uh just or actually i'm going to do a category because i went off on the categories today you sure so i'm going to do one category now okay so favorite pop culture army training oh we're just getting right into it yeah I'm going to say Starship Troopers, the movie Starship Troopers, where they like go to the weird base and they're like the guy gets his hand shot and then is in the little recovery thing and they all shower together. And I don't know. I like football scenes are great. Yeah, that's more in like high school. But when they go to boot camp, it's just kind of a fun scene. And then Johnny Rico wants to quit, but then he comes back because the bugs blow up Buenos Aires where he lives for some reason. Anyway. It's a it's a great great movie great scene. I'm gonna go just with the movie Major Pain. 
I know it's oh, not really military. I almost picked that, yeah. But <laughs> that movie <laughs> came out. That's my pick as well. At the okay. perfect time for us. Like, we were, that was the perfect humor at that age. Oh, oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. I'll go with just like the, when he shaves everyone's head and the dog. That was great. <laughs> we should oh, yeah. watch that. We'll watch it after our Lord of the Rings marathon. So I'm just going to do the headline really for this, but there's six soldiers attacked by coyotes. They were National Guardsmen uh, in Louisiana, and there's six of them attacked, which is kind of crazy. That is and they, crazy. Their guns just have blanks, so they like didn't actually have weapons to <laughs> protect themselves. Um, okay, I have two more real quick ones that I got sent from listeners on Instagram actually just today. All right. So one, this was from from the lady Junebug sent me, us this. A man finds spider eggs in his toe while on a cruise. Nice. Um, so he was in France, and a wolf spider bit his like toe, and then like um, his toe was just all red, and he had to like go to the ship's doctor to get it checked out. And the medical team cut open Blake's toe, letting out pus. The fluid reportedly looked like it contained leaves, which turned out to be spider eggs. Oh, ew. Huh. Come on, dude. Yeah, crazy, right? Probably like the that. worst thing could happen to you on a cruise. Yeah. That's, That's why interesting. I don't go on cruises. I'm, I could be wrong about this, but I don't feel like spiders can inject eggs when they bite. So it must have, there must have been like some other point where this spider yeah, laid I don't think eggs it's in the him. Bite. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to give people yeah, the wrong idea. Like, if confusing. a spider bites you, you're not going to have eggs in you. No, it must for have like clearing that up. Yeah, laid eggs on him. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, this one was from Hannah Borish. So Moses Lake Elementary School on November 22nd, they shut down the entire school for a mountain lion that was on the school grounds, and it turned out that it was just a fat ass cat. Eating a rat. <laughs> Those kids got out of school, though. That's nice. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, good for them. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health and is something that I personally drink every single day. I gave AG1 a try because I've always been someone, so I never really eat breakfast in the morning, and I know that's not like the best way to live, but whenever I eat something so early, I just feel heavy and sleepy throughout the rest of the day, which is exactly how I don't want to feel. Yeah, you know, you live your life, live your life the way you want to live it, Mike. Quarter mile at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so the good thing about AG1 is that I get something that's light and it's really tasty. Every scoop of AG1 is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails, uh, which is something I pretty desperately need living in Utah. So dry here. I'm a wreck. Yeah. You should have mm. seen me before I started drinking AG1. You are a wreck. You look terrible. No, no joke. I was at the store the other day and I almost bought some supplements that were like whole food supplements. And then I was like, I don't need this. I got AG1 at home. That happened. There you go. Yeah. So why take a bunch of different pills when you can just mix one scoop of powder and water once a day to get all these benefits? Why? I'm asking you guys why. Stupid. Don't do it. I would never do it. I I'm won't. like Agent Smith at the end of The Matrix 3 when he's like, why? 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 Yeah. <laughs> 
AG1 uses science-driven formulations of okay. vitamins, probiotics, and whole foods sourced in nutrients that help you build your health foundation first. So if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com tooth. That's drinkag1.com tooth. And if you don't want to take ownership of your health, that's fine too, you know? Yeah. But someone else will do it. Jeff might do it. He'll take ownership. <laughs> and you yeah, don't, take you it. don't want take him. take it right away from you. You don't want yeah. him having ownership of your health. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, I'll take it. All right. Mike, you got another story for us? I do. This is going to be, I'm going to get through this one pretty quick. Thanks for bringing up the mood, Jeff, because I, I have kind of a, a sad one. So I'm glad we can balance things out a little bit. I got a happy one after yours. Oh, great. Sandwich. I'm the sad sandwich. You always are. The meat of the sad sandwich. (laughs) should start putting that on my business cards. (laughs) I should make business cards so I can put that on them because I like it so much. I don't have business cards personally. (laughs) So in the afternoon of a late October day, a woman was spending time in the yard of her property in the Pine Lake community of the Hualapai Mountains in Arizona. She had a big bucket of corn nearby, which may have been what led an elk to come onto her property. But while the specifics of that day's events aren't known, we do know that the encounter took a turn for the violent. So, Mm. according to the husband, he returned home around 6 p.m. and he found his wife on the ground in the backyard with injuries consistent of being trampled by an elk. And he also observed that big old bucket of corn tipped over and spilled all over the place. Ah. Yeah, the corn. The corn. Oh, the corn. I think this is like dried corn that you would like feed to animals. Because she was she was feeding these elk. Yeah, that's you're right. You think she's feeding the elk? That's what the story has led me to believe as well. So I'll get to the end of it and we we can explore that further. So again, while there weren't any witnesses to the event. An Arizona Game and Fish Department officer later observed multiple elk tracks in the yard. And just like one thing about elk is like I don't see them all that often, but whenever I do, I'm always shocked at how huge they are. They're massive. They're so big. And I I don't know. I always kind of conflate deer and elk together, but it's not the same at all. Elk are like massive. How big do they get? Like seven, eight hundred pounds? Yeah, when I lived in, I'm not sure. I don't want to put a number on it, but that's yeah, in that that I'd range. Like an eighth of a bus. Yeah, probably. It's yeah, it's probably a lot less than that. But when I when I lived in Yellowstone during the elk rut season, I was like right in the middle of it, and sometimes I'd walk out my door and there was this big bull that was like rutting right there. And once he saw me and we made eye contact and he charged me, and I just got in my door in time. I have a video of it. And it was scary. They're not a small animal. Like you, you really could get messed up by them. So it's it's not a surprise to me that that this went the way it did. Did it get your corn? Uh, it didn't get my corn. My corn, <laughs> I didn't. I would get in a lot of trouble had I fed the elk in Yellowstone. And I do. Yeah. I yeah. really quick, Mike. If I can interject at this point in this story, I'd love you to. I think the fact that she had a bucket of corn means that she was feeding something. This is a person who didn't survive this incident. And you obviously don't deserve to die because you like fed an elk, you know, or any other animal. Like, it's just not, that's not like how we do things here. We don't pass those kind of judgments for sure. But I do think when you do feed an animal like an elk, you do change its behavior and you do make it much less, they're much more unpredictable when you're feeding them. 
And this isn't typical behavior for an elk. An elk in the rut might trample someone or an elk defending a calf might trample someone. But this was, when did this happen again? This is like late October. Yeah. So the rut should be over and then they wouldn't be protecting a calf either. That's usually like late spring. So really, I do think this was probably somewhat related to the feeding. But again, we're not going to say this is like this woman's fault because she lost her life and that's way too heavy of a price to pay for just making a simple mistake of feeding a wild animal. Yeah. I mean, you, you basically covered everything I was going to want to talk about. So Okay. Um, that elk, though, that you were around in Yellowstone, didn't it set like a world record for headbutting cars? <laughs> that was another one. So the one that charged me, its name was 24 because it had a tag and it was number 24. But there was Jack an elk. Bauer? Yeah, it was it was a huge Jack Bauer fan. Uh, there was an elk a few years ago they named Touchdown that rammed like 50 something cars in one day. That was a sad story, Mike. Let's end it on a slightly lighter note. This one is about a kangaroo assassin. Mike, you should tell the story once Wes starts this time, since he did that to both years. Yeah, I didn't do that to him. Did I? Yeah, you did. You told the elk one and the I did not. I am. I'm the wildlife biologist here. I have to interject the like important information. You did politely commandeer the conversation for the elk, so I'll give you that. That's what I'm. The porn one. I wasn't trying to interrupt you. I just did a lot of extra research on that one. No, I get it. No, I'm glad you did because you always you talk about these things with more information and authority than I could ever. I mean, that's my role on the podcast, guys. All right. Yep. So this one's about Mick Maloney. He's a former police officer in Victoria, Australia. He's walking his dog near the Murray River in southeastern Australia on October 15th. We're really going hard on Australia stories this this time around. All right. The trail along the river is one of his favorite places to take his dogs. But as he walked alongside the river that day, he realized his dogs were being much quieter than normal and not entering the water. So he stops and looked around, and he realized he couldn't see his dog Hutchie. And Hutchie was a medium-sized Akita. So then Mick looks further, and Mick, I kind of picture all Australians being named Mick, so I'm really glad this guy was named Mick. But he looked further out into the water. Wasn't Crocodile Dundee's name Mick? I think it was. Anyway. I thought it was Dundee. No. Mick Dundee is his name. Uh, He looks further out into the water and he sees a large gray kangaroo chest deep in the water and it's holding its arms underwater and staring calmly at him, which he thought was a little weird. Suddenly, Hutchie surfaces in the kangaroo's arm and the dog was gasping for breath and yelping, struggling to like stay above the water while the kangaroo was holding it underwater. And like there's oh, geez. there's Bold. videos of this and this kangaroo looks so calm. It looks like an assassin that's like drowning someone like it looks very mm. oh, weird. Wow. So it's really apparent to Mick that this kangaroo is trying to drown his dog and that he's going to have to intervene. So he opens his phone or opens. What is this? 2010. He <laughs> pulls his phone out of his pocket, starts recording and walks into the water and tells the kangaroo that he's going to punch its front head in. And the kangaroo continues to stare at him and hold on to Hutchie. And then when he gets close, he says... Unfazed. Yeah. And Mick is like pretty jokey at this point. He is kind of laughing as he's approaching this kangaroo, which I thought was impressive. But he says, let go of my dog. He swings at the kangaroo. And when he does that, the kangaroo does let go of his dog, but it lashes out at Mick. And it hits his phone out of his hand. His phone goes in the water. 
Uh, you hear like a little bit of struggling and then you see the phone come out of the water. Mick picks it out of the water and the kangaroo is let go of Hutchie. Mick and Hutchie are leaving the water. They're kind of, he's laughing. He splashes the kangaroo, kind of a dick move again. Uh, oh, and the kangaroo's just kind of standing there, but like all puffed up, like his chest is puffed up. It looks like one of those ripped kangaroos. And in my opinion, kangaroo was the clear victor here, even though it let go of, of the dog, like the two of them had to leave and the kangaroo held its ground. It looks like Alexander Skarsgård as a kangaroo. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Broad chest, big About old like traps. that amount of, sh- like, pretty shredded. Yeah. Pretty big. Anyway, it was a pretty interesting video, interesting story. We should play the audio right dog. here. I'm going to punch your f***ing head in. Look at my dog. Mick Maloney slapped the kangaroo. The kangaroo smacked his phone into the river, but released the dog. <laughs> okay. This Australian yeah. I want. I really want to talk about this quickly about what might have been happening here. So I read up a bit on kangaroo behavior. We've done a kangaroo episode. And we did talk about how when kangaroos engage, they're, when they're fighting something, their first defense is often to kick. But do you guys remember what their, the other thing they often do when they're fighting? Uh, choke you underwater. Uh, no. <laughs> They'll actually like grab you and, and pull you in. Like they grab you with their forearms Oh, and they clinch. do like like a hold, you know, yeah. and they have really strong claws. And then as they're holding you, they'll kick you some more. But in the water, a kangaroo can't really kick. So the idea here, probably what happened is that the dog scared the kangaroo into the water. They'll often go in the water to escape predators. And then the dog followed it into the water. And then it did what it like. It can't really kick in the water. So its next line of defense is grabbing onto this dog. So it's not that it was like, trying to drown the dog it's that the act of it grabbing onto the dog and holding it was pulling the dog underwater um Ah. so that's most likely what was happening here it's not like this is a strategy of theirs to like drown a potential predator but they actually have done that to a number of dogs a number of dogs have been drowned by kangaroos because of this same kind of set of circumstances that's what that's what's going on sorry i'm sorry to that kangaroo that you had such a weird day Mick, I'm glad you and Hutchie made it out of this okay. All right. Yeah, sorry, kangaroo. Okay, that's all I, I got. Think you're all right, though. Tooth and Claw is brought to you by Miracle Made. So, unfortunately, winter's here. Not a big winter fan, but it's here. And for me, that often means a really hard time temperature regulating. Spring and fall, are, I think, are quite easy to temperature regulate. Winter can be a little tricky. So it's important that you have the right temperature when you're sleeping. If I don't have the right temperature, I don't sleep well at all. And I recently found a way to stay at the perfect temperature all night long, and that's using the silver-infused bed sheets by Miracle Made. So not only do these sheets help you temperature regulate, but they're also super clean. Did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? If you don't wash your bed sheets pretty often, they're going to harbor a ton of gross stuff. And the really great thing about Miracle Made is their sheets are self-cleaning and eco-friendly. So you have to wash them much less and they prevent 99% of bacteria and require three times less laundry. So not only do so they I help can you stop sleeping on toilet seats. You can yep, exactly. So not only are they gonna help you temperature regulate, they're gonna be self-cleaning, and they feel really nice too. I'm very picky about my bed sheets, and I was really happy when my Miracle Made sheets showed up. 
because they look great. They feel great. I love sleeping in them. Go to trymiracle.com slash tooth to try them today or to gift them to someone special this holiday season. We got a special deal for our listeners. Save over 40%. And if you use our promo tooth at checkout, you get how many free towels? Two? Three. Three. You're wrong, Jeff. You get three free towels. And you'll save an extra 20%. So upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash tooth and use the code tooth to claim your three three three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash tooth. All right. Time for some categories. And mainly, I just kind of went off again. (laughs) Let me back off that leash. I... I want to talk about the genesis to these categories. I texted Jeff and I was like, hey, maybe we should do some Lord of the Rings categories because we're going to be watching Lord of the Rings. And then we, me and Mike just got like 20 texts of matchups <laughs> between all these different universes and stuff. So here we go. Well, I said that I could take the lead on categories today. And you said, okay, I was going to do like a Lord of the Rings cage match. Yeah. And... Then my brain just you started ran with spinning. It. Yeah. Like a there's like a hundred orcas in my brain just making a whirlpool. Okay. Uh, so I mean this is the time of year that we do our Lord of the Rings marathon. But I feel like this is also the time of year where like a lot of people, including myself a lot of the time, are watching Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Sure. I'll probably um, watch them. So instead of doing just like a Lord of the Rings cage match, Wes's dumb idea, I did a combination Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings cage match and other things. Way cooler title, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not have a streamlined, easy to do category? Let's make it. <laughs> let's do Calvin Ball on this. Yeah. I didn't have anything uh-huh. else to do tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. I have too many for us to each answer each one, so we're going to like take turns. Okay. Um, Mike, I want to start with you. Okay. So we're going to switch Gandalf and Dumbledore. What changes? So like their roles is to protect... Dumbledore's protecting Frodo, and yeah. Gandalf is protecting Harry. Right. So I think, honestly, Dumbledore and Gandalf's spot doesn't hurt too much because Gandalf just kind of like sets people off on their way and lets them take care of it because like he needs to stay a little bit removed uh, because he's whatever the Maiar I don't know Wes you can talk about that but Gandalf and Dumbledore's position changes everything Voldemort's not setting foot inside of Hogwarts Gandalf's like on top of his stuff Dumbledore's like a senile old man who has like an 11 year old boy running all of his errands for him yeah (laughs) I think he really let down all of his pupils and basically the world at large for being so negligent. Yeah. I also feel like when they're doing like the house cup and they're like, hey, who wins? Gandalf's just like, oh, what are you yeah. even talking about? Like he doesn't <laughs> even care. You know? He'll yeah. be like Slytherin one. Yeah, they Slytherin. Have the most points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Gandalf was a little negligent. Didn't make it to the end, kind of just left Frodo with the ring for years. Yeah, sometimes, sure. yeah. I'm, it's your answer to do. Right. Wes. Yes. Elijah Wood versus Daniel Radcliffe just in a cage match. Yeah, I think, you know, I've met Elijah Wood. We're about the same stature, me and him. Daniel Radcliffe sometimes can be pretty ripped. 
Like I've seen some movies with him recently where he's like kind of jacked and he also has like a more chaotic energy to him. I, I think of all like the big child stars that had just like a, a series that totally set them up financially for the rest of their lives where they'd never have to act again if they didn't want to. He made the best choices afterward where he just did like really quirky, weird movies and I kind of just really like, I like both of these actors a lot, but I think I'm giving the edge to Daniel, even though he's like five, mm. two or however short he is, <laughs> but it's a good fight. Yeah, it right. is. They're both short, short I, Kings like me. I heard Daniel say, or I've heard them both say that people like <laughs> will like confuse them. Yeah, I could see that. Like they'll be like, hey, you're, oh, really? huh. you're Harry Potter to Elijah Wood. And stuff. Oh, yeah. Weird. All right, I'll do this one. So switch Hermione, Ron, and Harry with Frodo, Sam, Mary, and Pippin. What happens differently? So I think that Hermione, Ron, and Harry can use that invisibility cloak to get to Mordor pretty easily because oh, they can go yeah. invisible without the eye seeing them. That's a good point. But Frodo... And Sam both had pretty pure hearts, and Frodo definitely needed Sam's help, even though I give most of the credit to Frodo and, like, some people. Um, <laughs> I don't trust Ron with the ring no. for, like, one no. second. You leave Ron you know. back in the Shire. I think Hermione's the only one that could wear the ring for more than, like, a few days without immediately turning bad. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Does Harry get his broom? Ooh, that's a good point. <laughs> Because yeah. the broom and the invisibility yeah. cloak is like slam dunk. They're winning. Yeah. Hmm. And then the hobbits, if like Voldemort killed Frodo's parents and now just has to kill Frodo, <laughs> you know, I kind of think Frodo still figures it out. Yeah. I think Frodo yeah, I figures think so. it out. Uh, have Sam's help. Imagine how many house points Pippin loses Gryffindor, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, Pippin's a Hufflepuff for sure. Um, I, I think Harry puts the ring on way too quick. So even if he's wearing the invisibility cloak and on the broom, Sauron sees him and gets him. Yeah. I don't yeah. Like he always want to be like the star Quidditch player and yeah. stuff. He has too much. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Mike. So Legolas versus Snape. Cage match. We'll do like Hunger Games cage match, you know, like a huge, huge arena. Uh, I chose them because... Legolas never talks to Frodo the entire Lord of the Rings movies once. This is a good matchup. And Snape's kind of a dick to Harry, so that's why they're going. But they both kind of help the other person still. Doesn't Legolas say you have my bow? And my bow is the one thing he says yeah, to him. Yeah, he kind of says yeah. it to like the whole group, though. Yeah, yeah he says right. it to Frodo, though. Okay. I think Snape's going to drink one of those potions that turns him into someone else, and he's going to turn him into the, oh, the forest elf lord. Yeah. <laughs> And Legolas oh. is not going to want to shoot that guy. Thranduil? His dad? Yeah, there it is. Huh. Legolas' dad is the Force Elf? Yeah, the one in the Hobbit movies. Oh, man. Yeah. He's cool. Lee Pace? He is cool, yeah. That's the best casting I think they've ever done in any of those movies. Besides Martin Freeman as Bilbo, maybe. Ah, all the casting's perfect. What am I talking about? <laughs> all right, Wes. Yeah. Both the right-hand man. Voldemort's right-hand man, Peter Pettigrew. Versus the mouth of Sauron. <laughs> That's a good question. The mouth of Sauron seems very intimidating and impressive, but he immediately gets his head cut off by Aragorn. Uh, so Peter Pettigrew was willing to like live as a rat for like who knows how long. 
just to like go back to to Voldemort. He's tenacious. So I think I'm going with Peter Pettigrew on this one, even though I don't want to. I'm going with Peter Pettigrew. I like it. Yeah. Surprise pick, but I like it. All right, Dobby the house elf versus Gollum, but Gollum with the ring. I'll do this one. I mean, Dobby's got magic and can kind of like teleport and do little magic poofs. Yeah. But like right. Gollum's a killer. Yeah. He's a straight up savage. That's a good Gollum point. Gollum almost kills Frodo without the ring. He's he's hardcore. Yeah. I mean, I'd take Dobby over Frodo though. Yeah. I think you got to take Dobby um, on this though. I think I'm going Gollum. All right. Those house elves are actually like really powerful. Like he doesn't really have like a limit on his magic compared to the wizards. He can do it whenever. I don't know. Really? Yeah. I think Dobby so. just wants to be with his friends. Why are they all <laughs> slaves though? They should be like in control. They should be. That's like a whole part of it. But they're like mm. naturally subservient. We don't need to get into all oh, that. Because they don't have the pieces of clothes. <laughs> yeah, I don't like what that with. insinuates. Yeah. A quick context here is um, there's like some really weird things about the Harry Potter universe these days that, you know, I think people are aware of that we don't necessarily support, but we do love the movies. So yeah. I kind of like them. I'll say that much. All right, Mike. Shadow Facts versus Buckbeak. Uh, Buckbeak in a fight, it seems like. Buckbeak like almost accidentally kills someone, right? Swiping yeah. at their... I mean, he just bites Malfoy or something. That's right. Yeah, but it's just the f- the flight aspect gives him the edge. Buckwheat? What is Buckbeak again? Horse. What's the name of the, the critter? Like a griffin oh, something or other? Whatever. Does it uh, matter? Wes, yeah. who's more evil? Slytherin or Mordor? Slytherin or Mordor? Mordor is a place. Yeah, but like the, the politics of Mordor. The constituency. I mean... Those are like... Like, Slyth- like what do you mean? They're both groups. Like Salazar Slytherin or like Slytherin... Mordor is not a group. Like the... What's more evil? I'm, I'm not I'm not clarifying. Okay. I think this is pretty easy to understand. Slytherin <laughs> or Mordor? Yeah. All right. I'm just going to go with Slytherin because Mordor is like... Mordor is a place. It's where the orcs live. And I kind of just think like they should be able to live there. Like the orcs should be able to have their little chunk of Middle Earth where they're able to live and just like do their orc stuff and Slytherin is like they're constantly trying to get more like power and overthrow people and whatnot I guess the orcs are too but I'm still going with Slytherin being more evil Slytherins they're bad even like someone will be like oh what about so-and-so and And it's like they would have gone bad they're all bad yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, Aragog versus Shelob the spiders you know Aragog's supposed to be like the smartest person or something. What spider? It's like super. Yeah, the spider in the Forbidden Forest. It's supposed to yeah. be smart. Oh yeah, they're it's hella smart. But Andy's got venom. I don't think she. She love has got venom. venom. I'll go. She love. Good. That's the right pick. Okay. Yeah. Um, Aragog couldn't even take out like twelve-year-old kids. No. Yeah. Um, and she loves like an immortal, ancient, like descendant of Ungolian. I mean, he couldn't take out one hobbit. Yeah, <laughs> true. But like, they had special weapons from Galadriel, like, like a light. Yeah, light. just light. <laughs> yeah, light, light of Arendelle. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go in Hagrid versus Skimley. Is that what it is? Yeah, I'll go with Hagrid. He's got a huge weight and reach advantage, of course. I think he could take a couple of axe blows before he goes down. 
And if Gimli gets close enough to do that, Hagrid's just going to like rip his beard off and beat him to death with it. Hagrid could give him that little pig tail that he gives Dudley. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good move. Uh, this is a good one for you, Wes. The ba- this was my only one that's not mixed universe. Okay. The Balrog versus Smog. Hmm. Well, they're Smog. both. The Balrog is like a being of fire, you know, that it's like pretty much made of fire. Which kind of destroys Smog's main attack, uh, mm. and you know Smog, as far as dragons go in, in like Middle Earth, he's not that impressive of a dragon compared to some of the other ones. And Durin's Bane, yeah, are you talking about the Bolro- the Balrog in Fellowship? Just from the movies, yeah, yeah, that's Durin's Bane. It's like pretty powerful Balrog. So I'm gonna go with the Balrog, and the Balrog are also kind of my, wow. they're kind of my are. They're like lesser Maiar pretty much. So mm. uh, I'm going with the Balrog. Yeah. Interesting. Maiar, we surprised. <laughs> um, all right. I'm next. Dementors versus Ring Rays. Um, I think this battle goes on for a long time. It's going to be pretty hard for anyone to get a kill. But I'm giving it to the Ring Rays. Good. Uh, I like well, that actually, answer. Some Dementors are women, though. Are they? So actually, I take that back. Yeah. How do we know that? Because women can kill the main ring wraith. Oh. Dementors are just people who are put in Azkaban. No, they're not. They're turned into. Is that true? No. I'm so. <laughs> they're definitely not. I'm bad with Harry Potter stuff. Dementors are like they're like dark creatures. They're not humans. They guard oh. Azkaban. I thought they but used they're... to be. Humans. No, they're not. They're like a creature. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but that. the ring rates are running around like slipping on banana peels and stuff. They have no <laughs> idea what they're doing. I give it to the Dementors, too. The kiss. All right, we got just a few left. Was the was the like more heroic death Cedric Diggory or Boromir? Who's Mike, this for? I think you're Mike, my boy Boromir for sure. I don't. So mm, I yeah. I don't remember nearly anything as much about Harry Potter as I do Lord of the Rings. But didn't Cedric Diggory just kind of get warped to the same place and die? He didn't really do immediately anything. Immediately right? dies. He does yeah. immediately. He tries to like help Harry and go. Oh, after does he? Voldemort. Yeah. Okay. I thought Voldemort just immediately says kill the spare and he's dead and that's it. But like Cedric's pretty. He wins the Triwizard Cup with Harry. And they're, like, pretty good sports about it. And then, no, Cedric tries to, like, get his wand and do something. And tries to get his wand? That's not very heroic. <laughs> Heroically like, tries to get his wand. Boromir kills, like, dozens Harry, of orcs. Like, tells him to, like, Harry tells him to go grab the cup, and he stays to, like, try to help Harry. Okay. And then dies. I think I'm still going to go Boromir, though. Yeah, without a doubt. That's the right. right. Just answer. personally, I was much more emotionally moved by Boromir. I mean, he tries to steal a ring, you know. Dude, he was trying yeah, to steal he... Harry's girl. What about that? That's not heroic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's the one I feel the strongest point. about. Cedric just dies immediately. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that quite yet because yeah. your next question is which books are better? Oh, okay. That's an easy one for me. Uh, Lord of the Rings, like without a doubt. My favorite books. I think, like, don't get me wrong. When I read the Harry Potter series for the first time, I was just, like, swept away in them. I had such a fun time reading them. I listened to them on audiobook not long ago and just had such a good time again. I think they're, like, amazing children's books. I think people always give her a hard time for, um, 
like not being good at world building. And I think the world building oh, in those books that's is That's the one so thing good. she is good at. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I think it's great, but I think Tolkien's works are like some of the best stuff that's ever been written. I think they're lyrical, beautiful. Um, I think there's all sorts of things we can learn. I just think, I mean, I'm, you guys all know that, but I'm like a huge fan. So yeah. Tolkien. Sure. I think for books, I'd go Harry Potter. Interesting. Just because I grew up with them. And Lord of the Rings have always been a little hard for me to read. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Who would you most want to go to a party with? Just about any, anyone in the world? I'm <laughs> of either <laughs> world. Oh, okay. okay. I, would, I would probably choose Haggard. I think Haggard would be like a fun party hang. Oh, I'm for sure choosing Marion Pippin. He'd like That's show me a thinking. dragon that he has hidden in a cabinet. He would just immediately, if you're at Hogwarts, you're immediately getting kicked out of school if you're hanging out with Hagrid. <laughs> Anything you would <laughs> well, do with that dude gonna, is going to get you kicked we're out. We're going to a party. Yeah, we're All not right. going to school, dude. I'm yeah. hanging out uh, with, oh, go ahead. Marion Pippin for you. Yeah, I was thinking I think that so. too. But if I had to pick just one, because they would be the, like the dream pair to hang out in a party with, I'm yeah. going with Gandalf because he's got fireworks. Yeah. You know what's another good answer would be that... Um, you don't even like fireworks. Yeah, I like his. Bilbo's through a pretty sweet party. That's true. But he was kind of yeah. stressed out about it the whole time. A good person would be uh, Horace Slugworth or whatever his name is, the guy that like they have to convince to give him his memories because he gives Harry that Felis Felicitous potion or whatever it's called that just makes you like super lucky for an entire day. And I just uh, feel yeah. like if I went to a party with that dude, I'd just brown nose so hard and get a ton of that potion from him and then just live a charmed life for the rest of my life. So The Weasley twins would be a good pair, too. Yeah, they'd be fun. All right. Um, what world would you most want to live in, Middle Earth or Hogwarts? Uh, Hogwarts. I think me. so, too. I don't like how they have to hide. It's like you guys are the superior beings. You should be like... Jesus. I'm on Voldemort's side a little bit, you know? <laughs> like, you guys don't need to hide from us. Like, you should be out in the open I think it'd doing be, whatever you I think want. it'd be kind of fun to have to hide and, like, be a cool wizard and no one gets to know and you just get to, like, go have your little secret club at your fun school. Yeah. But, mm. Yeah, I'm picking... Okay. I think that universe seems more fun to live in than Middle Earth. Middle Earth seems very dangerous and Probably cold. better food. Yeah. 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 Better sports. Quidditch. What does Lord of the Rings have as far Quidditch as entertainment bad. goes? <laughs> Quidditch is golf. <laughs> Worst sport golf. ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Quidditch. Wow. <laughs> um, all right. And then my last one's just Lord of the Rings versus Harry Potter. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord by of the Rings. 100 million miles. A yeah. large margin. Yes. Yeah, I'll take Lord of the Rings all day as well. All right. There you go. Um, all right. Well, thanks for letting me. Wait, we just didn't go even do there. Gandalf versus Dumbledore. I feel like we've done it before, but go for it. I feel like you're always like, oh yeah, oh, you're right. Gandalf's invincible, and yeah, Dumbledore. he can't die. And good point. We have done yeah. this before. Maybe Gandalf the Gray versus Dumbledore. I was thinking, or like uh, Saruman. No, nah, it's all right. You're right. We've done this. We don't have to do it again. They both really just leave the people out on their own. A yeah. Lot. But I feel like, like with Gandalf, Harry it was Potter, much more intentional. It's like fighting Voldemort when he's like 12 <laughs> yeah. by himself. Not only that. And Frodo's just like has the ring of power that Gandalf <laughs> well, gave him. Yeah, Dumbledore like full on <laughs> hires Voldemort to be like one of Harry Potter's <laughs> teachers. 
Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. R.I.P. Richard Harris. Love that guy. And oh, and also the other, the other yeah Dumbledore guy. Um, also, but the Dumbledore is like the yeah. first person to bail on the fellowship. She's like, I'm out of here. Dumbledore. I mean, Gandalf. Gandalf. Yeah, you yeah. didn't bail on him. He got pulled into the earth by the Valrock. But all right. I okay. went in there. After Let's him. move on. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, I I kind of changed that up so that that was like our only real category besides listener questions. Um. Okay. So this one's from Rachel. Office fact check. In the cold open for season six, episode 14 of The Office, when Jim dresses as Dwight to mock him, Jim states that black bears are the best bears, and Dwight says there are basically two schools of thought. What do you think those are? Dwight also states that bears don't eat beets, do they? And are there bears around Scranton, PA? The two schools of thought about like there being the, the best bear, I have no idea what that means. I don't think we could like really comment on that. But as far as the other questions... I would say probably talking about... Grizzly versus black. Grizzly bears and polar bears and like, yeah. Yeah, but it's hard. You know, it's hard There's, to say. <laughs> as far true. as like bears not eating beets, bears would definitely eat beets. Um, Is there anything bears, bears especially eat? Not much. Like they'll eat just about yeah. everything. And like black bears, as we've talked about a lot on the show, are really highly vegetarian. Like most black bears are mostly just eating vegetation. So something like a beet would actually be pretty good treat for a bear so i do think they would eat them um and there are black bears around scranton pa so great questions all right this one is for all of us it's from ben ben says what is the most bizarre animal each of you have eaten aside from bugs wes and big disclaimer here if the world had a perfect healthy population of every single animal and nothing was at risk completely theoretically what's one endangered animal that you think would taste the best I like those questions. Oh, what's the weirdest animal I mean, you guys? Darwin loved. Oh, sorry. Uh, I don't really have anything too crazy there. Yeah, no, I think I, I think either. zebra was a weird one for me. Mm. Even though I've eaten, like I've eaten a lot of different animals, but I think zebra. It just felt strange to be eating like a horse and then a wild horse, and it wasn't very good. So zebra, aside from bugs, I would say zebra is my weirdest. I wanted to eat guinea pig in Ecuador. Oh, guinea pig? Yeah, but they I didn't get any. Like a nugget? They eat a lot of guinea pigs there. Um, <laughs> I ate some alligator when I was living in Louisiana. Really chewy. Not terrible, but I kind of regret it and wish I wouldn't have. I don't know. It just doesn't it seems weird to eat those kinds of things when there's yeah. other I don't know. That opens up a whole conversation, I guess, but just how I felt. That's kind of the second part of the question is if it was completely ethical. No problems at all. What endangered species would you guys want to eat? Didn't Darwin say he loved tortoises? A lot of early like sailors ate tortoises because they could keep them on their ship for a long time. And they like mm. wouldn't die and they didn't have to feed them or give them water or it's anything. It's like a bread bowl. You just like eat it straight out of the shell. Yeah. They would like take them for months on board those those ships. But um, I think I would eat... Honestly, I think I'd want to try polar bear, even though it's like full of mercury and not good for you i think polar bear is probably what i would want to try but uh, obviously never in a million years would i actually do it mm. i think i'm gonna go with like a big ribeye steak out of a rhino just like a flintstone steak yeah um 
I never, I guess ideally in a perfect world, maybe I could, but that's not something I feel good even thinking about doing. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously none of us would ever do any of these things. Right. Yeah. Right. Jeff, what's your answer? The tortoise? Mm -hmm. All right. All right. I have a few from Instagram too. Sache wants to know, does Mike still cut his own hair? I kind of stopped cutting my hair in general. But the last, looks good. I the last one time I did get it professionally done, which is why it probably doesn't look like a disaster. Um, Elise Ralph, story you're most looking forward to covering in the future? Treadwell. Treadwell. We got Travis the Chimp. Yeah. I saw someone saying we promised to do like a Japanese I was about to say one. that one. It's like mm. called this, I forget what it is, the Sabuki Bear Incident or something like that. But yeah, that one's a big one on the list. Uh, the Tiger, the story by John Valiant, that's like a book that he wrote that's about a tiger that killed a couple Russian hunters. That's one I'm really excited for. But Treadwell for me is like the number one one that I'm excited about. We're going to do it soon. Um, Air Brown 11. How did Ira Glass first hear about Wes's Bear Den story? So one of their producers, David Kestenbaum, uh, he listens to Tooth and Claw and his wife is actually like a super fan of Tooth and Claw. Oh, wow. And so oh, she, hi. but um, he reached out to me and said, hey, yeah, he said, we'd love to have you tell the, the Bear Den story on the podcast. And then when I was talking to him, I was like, you know what? I think Jeff would also be like a good perspective for this. And so then he reached out to Jeff and that's kind of how it all happened. But nice. that's from the This American Life podcast. Yes. Um, Mannix170 asks, favorite One Piece arc? Uh, for me, like, I haven't watched that many, but I liked the Arlong arc yeah. the best uh-huh. of the ones that I saw. With Nami. Yeah. That'd be mine. I'll choose a different one because Wes took it. I'll go, I'll, I'll go like childhood Luffy. I really enjoyed. That's really fun. Um, it's Water 7 into any Slobby for me. Pretty yeah. easily. Robin. You love Robins. My favorite. <laughs> you think she's so hot. Oh, I can't stop thinking about her at <laughs> night. Uh, thoughts on zoo pandas. Or this is from Hannah Gustlin. Uh, thoughts on zoo pandas being sent back to China. I, I'm pissed. Yeah. I, I would. I don't want to get too political on the podcast, but like, I want a president who's just like, hey, China. Come get your pandas. These are our pandas. <laughs> you know, like, what? You're gonna go to war with us over some pandas? No, we're gonna we're gonna let them free. We're gonna let them just have a population in Florida. That's what I want. All right. Interesting so, like, take. You know, I don't know, but sounds yeah. You're convincing me. <laughs> I don't fully understand the reasons why they decided to like bring them back but i think it's just because of political tension with the u.s i heard that they're like willing to give them back or something i don't know but like every panda in the world belongs to china which is crazy like even if they're born somewhere else they're completely endemic to china so they can they control all the breeding all of it so they essentially own the animal and they charge zoos like three million a year just to have a panda so Yeah, yeah i would just let them loose in america um all right well that's it for listener questions um do we have anything else i don't think so all right awesome well it's fun talking to you guys i like talking to you guys well that makes one of us jeff 
<laughs> two, two of us, Wes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I like it too. I'm excited to watch uh, our favorite movies here real soon together. Mm-hmm. All three of us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Harry Potter. Not Harry Potter. All right. Love you guys. Hunger Games. Love you guys. See ya. See ya. See ya.